You guys are probably familiar with how in Hollywood, all of the actors love to play on the silver screen because it is their dream to do it. Well, for podcasters, the dream is to perform on the live stage, which we will be doing on November 8th at Sleeping Village in Chicago, joined as usual by Felix from Chapo. So get tickets at the link in the episode description. And if you're under 21, start planning to get your fake ID, unless it's illegal for me to say that. The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled Fan Fiction and Fan Truth. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Hello, plebeians. Welcome to Fan Fiction, Fan Truth. I am the rakish raconteur here with a couple of my buddies ready to talk about fan fiction and hey, it's going to be a big treat. Uh, we're going to workshop and talk about some of our fan fiction stories here today. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited. Let's uh, kick it off here with my good friend, uh, Dark Emergency X. Hello. Hello, Rakish. We're glad to be here. We've been talking about doing this podcast for like Forever. 17, 17 years. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we're finally here. Yeah. Old message board warriors. Huh? I and, think uh, that. I, oh, Sorry. <laughs> oh no! Go ahead, go ahead. I don't want to cut on. I'm done. I'm done. All right, all right. Uh, let's also, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, welcome here, uh, Dark Naruto X. Hello. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. You know, you said you've been thinking about doing this podcast for like 17 years. I mean, I'm not even 17 years old yet. So I'm well, honored to be here and learn from kind of the masters of fan fiction. I know that's Dark how he Emergency, got his name. He got his name from me. Yeah, Dark Emergency X kind of put me on to this whole scene. And, you know, we used to play RuneScape together. Uh, and he kind of taught he was me four everything. years old. Yeah, yeah. This was about 11 years ago when I was four yeah, years old. Yeah, that's crazy. He's been <laughs> in the scene for a long time. But you know what? Despite your age, Dark Naruto, you have a lot of maturity and you're right like a grown up. So you know, I, I call myself uh, Dark Naruto X because Naruto's older than I am. So I kind of always looked up to him, you know, growing up. Like he was a role model to you? Yeah, like an animated uh, role model. And, uh, of course, last but definitely not least uh, is my close friend, Tom Gad. Tom, hello. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's, uh, ni- it's nice to be here with you, Rackish and Dark Emergency and Dark Naruto. I'm a big fan of all your work. I'm kind of new to this fan fiction game. Just started uh, very recently, but you know, I dove into it, and it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm really enjoying myself. You're you're very prolific. You've you've done a lot, so uh, we're happy yeah. to have you on. Like it I wanted, you know, I got quite me surprising. And Dark- I thought he wouldn't come on. You know, he has kind of a big. <coughs> he has a okay? kind of a following. He's yeah. he, are you he's, okay, man? <laughs> he's married. Like that's crazy. Like you just eat yeah, yogurt, well, I got a life or something or like it's cool. Like I got a life, you know. I got uh, you know. I but like it's fun to do this. Like it My is life it's nice. Is it's really fan cool. Fiction. Well, I mean, it can be that too. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like, but it's it's cool to just kind of like make up these stories and you know just create these worlds and that are you know sort of based on true worlds. But like you know you're you're melding two true things together. Like I like to say. To keep, yeah, to create something even truer, you know, yeah. that's the way I look at it. Totally. You're take, taking all these pieces. S- scientists yeah. say that there's an infinite amount of multiverses. And so what the science is telling us is that everything you can think of is real in some place somewhere. So everything we do is just as real as real life, I think. Well, Damn, that was really smart. You're that, 17? That's crazy. Uh, yeah, well, he has a story, too, where, he, where one of the scientists said that. 
I don't know if that's the scientist you were talking about, but in one of your stories, I had read that same uh, uh, sentiment. Well, that one was based on a real scientist. I think it was maybe Einstein who thought of it in the first place. Oh, wow. And yeah, I did see, that Einstein I love it. fanfic. I love it when science fiction, like, you know, you got, you really do your, your research on a yeah. lot of that stuff. Well, it's a lot more, it's a lot more science and a lot less fiction in those stories, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, to really explain, like, how a scientist can, can come up with the wormhole, you almost have to be some sort of genius, you know? Yeah, and that's why I, I think I, like I've tried to explain hole? that. Uh, like, what is yeah. that? I've done fanfics that try to explain those kind of concepts where Einstein shows up on the ship on Star Trek and he's talking oh. to Captain Spock mm-hmm. like, hey, man, you ever been through a wormhole? Let me show you one. That'd be and he cool goes and to see. Yeah. yeah. And Spock is like, that's not logical. And right. Einstein just kind of proves him wrong. He brings Spock out his chalkboard and he writes E equals MC yeah. squared, and Spock is like, oh, what? Well, that's a big thing about fan fiction that a lot of people don't put the respect into is that you yeah. really, like, in order to understand Spock, you have to watch all the Spock episodes. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of TV to watch. So by the end, you're basically an expert. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't just, like, jump into this, right? And just start making stuff up. Like, you need to have sort of like a historical background with the shows or the characters you're going to use. I will say that I was never quite a fan of Star Trek, but there was a story that Cooler Blaster 17 wrote about seven years ago that made Bayonetta the captain of the USS Enterprise that I found (laughs) very interesting. That reading reading is obligatory. It's obligatory. It's a mandatory reading around here. If anybody wants to learn about fan fiction, that's a great place And it's place only to about 120K words. A bit shorter yeah. for Cooler Blaster 17, but, you know, concise and tight. I think one of his best works. Yeah, you can just sit there and you can just read and read and read all day. And, you know, it'll be like, you know, all of a sudden, like, Spock's in the story and he's getting a driver's license. And then, you know, it's yeah. all this cool stuff that they kind of just a take house, a- got Spock has a house yeah they talk about like you know there's there was that three pages that were some of my favorite pages in the book just about how spock likes his eggs and you know, they the, never he, they never explore get, that in the show he finally got a kroger card <laughs> that's interesting i haven't seen i haven't read any of those like because you know i'm, I'm kind, it's of kind of slice of life like. stuff which is yeah. interesting so to do. what i what i usually do is like i'll open up you know i go on fanfiction.net of course where right. you know we've sort of met each other yeah uh and i go in and i open up a story and i just do a control f and i search for certain terms and if I, you know if i don't see those certain terms i'm not that interested in the story so i usually skip it but you know that you the way you described it made it sound really interesting so i might check that out if you send me a link later I've done. I've been guilty of doing that in the past. I'll control F and I'll type in darkness or gun or mm-hmm. sword or blood or. Well, tits. for me, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, control F Gad, control F Josh, control F Olaf, Steve Wozniak, you know, anything like that. Um, just kind of trying to find things that you know pique my interest, and if I don't see it, I usually just end up skipping. But surprisingly, there's a lot. Um, but. Also, not enough, and you know it's oh, there's sort of never, I there's never, and, and that's that's there's kind of yeah, that's kind of where I got my start. And uh, to be honest with you, like I just thought like the world could use more. That beauty of fan fiction is if you don't see what you want, you just write it. See, that's right. Like I can I can relate to Tom's approach here because that's why I could never get into normal fiction, so called normal fiction. You just make anything up, mm-hmm. and it's just random, right? But in fan fiction, you have to know these canons, these characters. It requires so much research and knowledge to even get started. That to me, this is a higher craft than any other kind of fiction. 
And also it no, has no. characters from my favorite video games and anime, so it's really fun to me. Yeah, I mean, on, yeah. on the same track, it's always kind of like the elephant in the room when it comes to fan fiction writers, uh, the haters that are kind of like, you know, what you write doesn't, you know, they say things like, what we write doesn't have any validity because what we're really doing kind of in like a written form is taking like action figures and making them talk to each other. And people say that that's not a valid story because, you know, instead of, you know, creating our own characters or narratives or situations, we're just taking little bits of like episodic memory and mashing them together the same way like a child would play. For instance, you could have blocks. Adam, and Adam that's not Driver. True. You could have Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson in Noah Baumbach's film, Marriage Story, and they're fighting the whole time. But then finally, Waluigi walks in and he goes, "What's going on in here?" And, he and it would it just makes it, out. it better, you know? Yeah, like what if uh, you know Sora and Donald and Goofy, you know, went to like Frozen, right? And they met up with Olaf, and then they also met up with, uh, you know, just off the top of my head, uh, Josh Gad and me, Tom Gad, and they met up with us, and then we sort of like ventured through. The and land. it is an interesting concept to self-insert one into a fan fiction because it's almost like you're a fan of yourself which I think is quite positive but well it, 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 it's something like you know I feel bad for other writers writers who don't write in fan fiction because it's like you know let's say you're William Faulkner right and you're writing a story about like the woods or something that everyone thinks is great and is really boring to me and mm-hmm. let's say you want like okay well what is going to happen next to my story what if Sonic showed up like writers other writers don't have access to that type of imagination that we have where we have all these reference points that we can just put in wherever whenever in any other story whereas somebody like you know jonathan franzen you know he's 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 not able to add knuckles to a that's situation. a good point. Well, even think well, back into the olden times of all these authors they respect out there. Like, think about that guy who wrote Moby Dick. His life was so boring. They didn't have anime and video games and stuff. So he just looked at a whale all day and he's like, oh, I'm going to write about a whale. But I look yeah, at it's like... it's a fan fiction but, about a but, big whale. Yeah, it's yeah like, exactly. I mean, most authors are, you know, sort of constrained by the limits of their own imagination. Well, we are able to pull from the imaginations of all of those authors. So... I mean, our stories are limitless. If if Sonic existed in the 19th century, he would have shown up in a light in August. Or you know? for instance, <laughs> Oliver Twist could contain Alvin and the Chipmunks to help him through his troubles. Wouldn't it be interesting? I think that's an interesting kind of mental experiment. You know, what if, uh, you know, how would Genghis Khan react to being on Star Trek? You know? Really, yeah. fan fiction is taking away the limits and barriers of other works. You know, Dante wrote the Inferno, and everybody thought that was fine, even though he put a bunch of popes and guys he doesn't like in it. And I'm some asshole if I write a version of Dante's Inferno where Sonic accidentally goes to the Ring of Hell for suicides. You know, and he gets out because he's so fast. You know, they can't catch him. Like that's something to explore that the average writer would not be able to do. Absolutely, I think that mm-hmm. what we're doing is more sophisticated, like we've been saying. And that's actually like, you know, I'm about to graduate high school pretty soon. And I got to say my dream, which, you know, it's a little embarrassing maybe to share this, but at least I'm among sympathetic people. But my dream is to eventually create a college course where you can major in fanfics. Oh, wow. But first I got to finish high school, which I hate because it's irrelevant to my interests, which are uh, anime and video games. But 
I'll but get once you get to college, I think it'll be a lot better for you. I'm hoping so. Well, should we uh, get right to it, guys? You wanna? Who wants to throw their uh, fiction on? I the, will read a story on the I executioner's wrote. block. I'm just kidding. I won't be that critical. Well, you've been critical of my stories in the past, and we've had our, you know, our uh, disagreements on uh, what's good about certain fan fictions and how to write them. But then we figured out, you know, you could write them any way you want because they're yours, and that's the whole point. Well, you know, good art doesn't shy away from criticism, and that's all I'll say about that. I mean, I have a viewpoint that I think is worthy of saying, so I'm going to say it, you know? I know. So I'll read the story that I wrote combining one of my favorite shows and one of my favorite series. This is called Fear Factor X. Ooh. The moon was shining on the Black Harbor, dimly yet bright. A ship on the horizon could be heard blowing its loud horn. The wind was cold and blowing under the cold, bright moon. (laughs) Only the waves could be heard, save for the howling winds. Leon could feel a chill run up his spine and pulled his collar up with both of his hands with fingerless gloves upon them. He had been here before, four years ago when him and Jill were still together. That's all over now, though. After all, he had been through. All the psychopathic shit Leon had seen, it still bothered him most that he didn't say goodbye. Not the way he wanted to, anyway. Now all he had was himself. Himself and his gun. Even when you save the ones you love, everyone leaves you in the end, he thought. Well, fuck it. (laughs) At least I have my mission. Win the game, trace the money, find who stole Jill away from him. As he approached the bright lights ahead, Leon could see the set crawling with a crew, a set crew, scrambling like bugs. Massive cranes hung above them like metal monstrosities. Cameras were everywhere and microphones. It was like a movie set. Just past the crew, he could (laughs) see some of the other competitors. Some he could recognize, some not. Ah, there's Tracer, Liquid Snake, Sasuke, Lanky Kong. Then he heard a loud motor approaching from the opposite direction he came from. Emerging from the darkness into the light and greeted by several crew members was a familiar face. Axel from Twisted Metal. (laughs) (laughs) It's a party now, Leon thought. I wonder who else is in this shit. Well, 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 if it isn't the sweetheart of Raccoon City himself. How are you, cowboy? A cherry from a cigarette glowed in the dark shadows then moved at Leon like a small demon. Rouge the Bat. He should have known she'd get her paws into this mess, too. Rouge, brave of you to hang around here. You're not planning on being on camera, are you? Easy, Tiger. I'm not playing the game. I'm the lead producer on this deal. Son of a fucking bitch, Leon thought to himself. (laughs) With her pulling the strings, the mission might be completely turbo-fucked. What's the matter, Leon? Bat got your tongue? I'm just a bit surprised. You look good, Rouge. Really? Sweet. You always were, Leon. Too bad we couldn't have been different back when we were on patrol together. That was a long time ago, Leon replied. Not that long. You're making me feel old, Leon. And you know that's my greatest fear. Ha! I suppose they would know how to get to me on this stupid show. You call your own TV show stupid? Some producer you are. It's all money, honey. And plus, you can't think this is cool, right? 
Even Joe knows it's dumb as fuck. I don't think one thing or another, but you're right. It is all about the money in the end, which has me curious. Why are you after it? Got yourself in a pinch, Leon? You know you could have come to me. And sell my soul? No chance. I learned it honestly on a reality game show. A show that makes you face your greatest fears, Rouge smirked. Mine are anything you can manifest on a camera. You know what I've seen. This will be kindergarten for preschoolers. Indeed. Welcome, dear. Please enjoy the refreshments, and if you need anything at all, I'll be in my trailer. With a clop of her heels, Rouge strutted towards a pink trailer and disappeared inside. Alone again, Leon thought. Well, let's get this shit over with. Leanne walked into the bright lights of the set of Fear Factor. All of the crew were still moving to and fro like a ship crew in a crazy-ass storm. The other contestants were fraternizing with one another. He could see Samus Aaron arrive with her best friend, one of the Sims. Leon didn't know her name, but he could see the green diamond above her head. Tough competition, he said to himself. He saw another figure walk onto the set, wearing one of the coolest jackets Leon had ever seen. Holy fuck. That's Joe Rogan. He immediately made his way over to Leon. What's up, dude? Welcome to the show. I'm Joe. He put his hand out to shake Leon's and gave him the firmest grip he had ever felt. This is a man who knows who he is, Leon thought. Thanks for having me, Leon said with a smile. He could tell Joe was ripped. Why don't we go meet everyone else and start the show, Joe said. The two went and joined the rest of the group. After the introductions were made, it was time to start shooting the episode of Fear Factor. All cameras were in place, makeup was finished, and the sound was ready to go, and the lighting was perfect. Joe stood on a gravel path across from the seven contestants. Apparently, the sim was not here to compete, but cheer on Samus. Welcome, t- contestants, to Fear Factor, the show that will make you face your greatest fears and the chance to win $50,000. Seven of you have come here today, but only one will remain by the time we're finished. There will be three challenges in three days. So without further ado, let's see who's a Frady cat. Leon felt the energy of the others standing next to him, tense and ready to begin, running, wondering what the first challenge will be. For the first challenge, you'll be brought up to the top of one of these cranes. Once on top, you have to make a jump to the other crane in order to get a flag. You will then have to make a second jump back to the first crane to place the flag in the holder. The person with the slowest time will be eliminated. So, who's first? Lanky Kong immediately puked all over the ground as he was <laughs> terrified of heights. I'm used to standing on top of big metal things, Liquid laughed. I'll do it. Liquid and everyone else basically had no problems doing the challenge. Linky Kong was seen by the medic team and given Gatorade. Unfortunately, he was eliminated for not even trying the challenge. Tracer was also eliminated because she teleported, and Joe said she was cheating, and the person with the fastest time was amazingly Axel, who was very fast despite his size. Linky Kong said, I'm disappointed in myself for making a big mess, but I had no idea the show was going to be this scary. Tracer was more ticked and said, You know, I'm just glad I put myself out there, but they didn't say anything about teleporting. Oh, well, haters gonna hate. Axel cheered himself on. Hell yeah, motherfuckers. I'm taking it all home. He began doing donuts and making a huge dust tornado. Joe congratulated everyone. All right, guys, good job. You made it. First challenge down, but tomorrow's going to be a little bit different, so get some sleep and be ready. The next day, they had Leanne and the others gather in what looked like a mummy's tomb. 
On the table was silver platters covered with lids. Joe stood next to the table with a devious smile. Welcome back, everybody. How are we feeling today? Liquid rubbed his shoulder he hit during a jump. Sore! Well, today you won't be running or jumping or climbing. Today you'll be eating. Leon was on edge. This was always the worst round of the show. They always make them eat some fucked up shit like worms or testicles. What horrible, nasty thing does Roosh have in store for him? I hope you guys are hungry because today is a very special episode of Fear Factor. I hope none of you baby out because today you have to eat. As Joe lifted the platter lids, Leon's stomach dropped. What would it be? Would it kill him? Would he have to eat a guy? There's no way he would do that fucking shit. Not in a million fucking years. Whatever this is going to be, Leon knew he'd have to eat it. To get the money to save her. To complete his mission. He nearly fainted when he heard Joe say, Dirty diapers. <laughs> to be continued. That's part one. Oh my god, that scared the hell out of me. That's exciting. I'm excited to... to for you to finish that story, you know, get to part two and... It's going to be in 10 parts. 10 parts. Okay. Uh, Now, one thing I did notice, and it's not a criticism. It's just an idea for you to add is like maybe in the next couple parts, you, I don't know, put, let's say Josh Gad in the story. Well, you'll have to wait and see. You don't know what I have in store. I I know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Like I assume if you haven't read it, you haven't written it yet, so you're still working on it, correct? I cannot say at this time. Okay. Well, he was well, tell- just throwing Dark out Emergency just throwing X out was telling me that he's been working on it because he told me what happens when Liquid Snake has to eat those dirty diapers, and you're not going to believe it. I mean, I think Josh Gad could show up in that story eventually. So just, yeah, 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 yeah. May I offer? He may or may not kill himself. May I well, offer a I don't slight think- criticism? Here we go. <sighs> go ahead. I feel like you're missing a real opportunity here with the dirty diapers. And maybe you explain it in the second part, but it's almost like, well, I want to know whose dirty diapers they are. <laughs> Tommy Pickles, maybe? <laughs> yeah. All like, right, all um, right. You guys are going to have to wait and see. All right. Do you reveal it in the second part? Like, I, you know. Yes. You know, maybe you'll have you to wait give... and see. Quit giving me ideas. The stuff might already be in there. All right, all right. I just I thought it was a very mild criticism. I'm sorry for. I insulting. don't even think it was a criticism. I think it was just. I like, just wanted just a suggestion. Could have yeah, been a suggestion. He just wants to make That's your story more evocative. Could have been Yoshi's yeah. diapers or something. I don't What's know. more evocative than Fear Factor? Leon S. Kennedy is the star of it. I mean, that's evocative. Uh, it's a great yeah, story. I really love the story. Like, it could yeah, be just. I just. Just and you don't know there. what Bruce the Bat is up you know, to. You don't know what she's going to do. You know, Josh Gad in there as the star. It could be Josh Gad's diapers, maybe. Well, he doesn't wear diapers. <laughs> well, he could, yeah, they make, you know, it's a fan fiction. Well, could in a fan that, fiction. But, you know, I could, we can we make Josh before, Gad do whatever on, we, we want. Uh, but it needs to be, it needs to, you need to be true to the character and you need to be All true. All right, well, time, you're going to get really pissed off at me because I'm just going to tell you right now it is Josh Gad's diapers. Oh, okay, well, that's, that's bullshit. That's spoiler complete, alert. That's well, complete bullshit. You know, that's you got the, what you, you wanted to, there, see, this, Okay, yeah, I know, I know I'm new. I know I'm kind of new compared to the rest of you, but this is like, you have to be consistent with the characters and you have to be 
consistent with who they well, are. No, you don't have, you can't, there's twists and turns. It's fan fiction. It could be there's betrayal. It could, no, it could be that you know, obviously Josh Gad, the person, the character, would not want to wear diapers. He Maybe wear diapers. Rouge the Bat put a gun in his mouth, made him put on a, some diapers, and made him crap his pants. You know. Or and maybe then, Dark Emergency X's story takes place in a universe where Angelica from Rugrats and Josh Gad from Rugrats got Benjamin buttoned and they both turned younger back into babies and that's why he wears diapers. That's okay. like the exact plot of the Muppet Babies. Was Josh and Gad then, in the Muppet Babies? There well, is no, some interesting yeah. stories of the be. Muppet Babies. Which You're going to ask me. I think he should be. Josh Gad could be one of the Muppet well, Babies. Well, no, Josh Gad's an adult, so he would sound like to the Muppet Babies. Well, he could become one of the Muppet babies. Yeah, as Dark Naruto uh, explained, he could go through like a wormhole and go okay. back and, you know. What if Tom and Josh Gad were the Muppet babies? Well, that's funny you should uh, ask that because I, I would like to read my story, Ooh. stories Ooh, next. All right, yes, um, go ahead. And this is, this is, you know, once again, you know, I'm Tom Gad. I'm known a little bit around these parts, not to brag. Uh, about my uh, Best Friend Adventure series. How many you followers do you have on fanfiction.net? <laughs> Oh, geez. Last I checked was about uh, 150,000, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, yeah they, they seem very popular. And, you know, I'm turning these things out. It's, it's oh, yeah. incredible. It's incredibly easy, you know, not to put you guys down because um, you haven't written as much as me. But, uh, you know, I'm just I'm popping these bad boys out and they're all hits. People love it. People love the Best Friend series. Uh, but let me start with this one. The Big Brothers and the Stone Secret. Josh Gad stirs awake. Where are we? He says, wiping the sleep from his eyes. About 10 minutes from the city, answers his big brother, Tom Gad, who was driving both of them in the convertible they shared. Woohoo! Josh yelled as he raised his arms into the sky, hitting the roof of the car and letting out a painful squeal. Ooh! Tops up, Tom said slyly as Josh looks over and answers, Thanks for telling me. Appreciate it. Tom pulls the car up to Manhattan. Hey, big bro. They are each other's big brothers. Be on the lookout for the place we're staying. It's called the Erie Building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I'm looking for. It's the huge building that the billionaire David Zaninos built and also put an old Scottish castle on, castle on the top of, right? Josh said. Tom replied, yep, Castle Wervern. Oh, wait, I think I see it. The car pulls up to a massive building. Stepping out of the car, Tom wearing a gray Nike Ohio State Buckeye shirt and black Tiro 21s and black Pippins, and Josh wearing a red Nike Miami Heat shirt and black Tiro 21s and black Pippins, and they are each other's big brothers and they are the man. Both brothers noticed one thing about this huge building. At the very top, there were large, ornate sculptures. Wow, Tom, look at those, Josh said. Those are crazy looking, Josh. Almost like they could be real, haha, said Tom. And both brothers laughed about how silly that was. Tom and Josh were greeted at the door by the concierge who took them to the room, right at the top of the Erie building. The room overlooked the whole city and was surrounded by the giant gargoyle statues. Now that I'm even closer, these statues really do look real. Yep, almost like they're staring at me. The sun began to set, and the brothers, each the big brother, began unpacking their clothes. A great rumble was heard, and the boys ran to the window to look, but could see nothing. I heard a loud noise and came to check, but don't see anything. How strange. What's even stranger is that now I definitely feel like these gargoyles are staring at me. Ha ha. To Tom, that's because they are, yelled out Josh. Tom turns around and sees five monstrous creatures that exactly resemble the gargoyles that were just outside the window. All five swoop into the room from an open window and stand before Josh and Tom. It is all right, human. I am Goliath, 
said the large gray one, and we are the gargoyles who defend the city. We are familiar with your adventures, the best friend adventures, and it was us who called you to arrive here. Now I've seen everything, Josh exclaims. Tom continues, um, okay, hello, Goliath, was it? See, my big brother and I, who is also his big brother, we thought we were just coming to New York for vacation. Plus, what could we do that not giant nine-feet gargoyle creatures such as yourself couldn't do? Well, Goliath muttered, as you said, we are quite large and do not blend in, so we need two excellent adventurers such as yourself to infiltrate a city council meeting. We have evidence that several members of the organization are actually imposters, and we need your help to suss them out. And that is chapter one of The Big Brothers and the Stone Secret. Oh, I'm excited to figure out chapter two. It seemed mostly yeah, just so. like stuff from the real world, but but uh, you made well, it Well, no, Goliath but. was from, uh, you know. It's he, from Gargoyles, is that from, actually. Okay, I was wondering the, if that was from Gargoyles, if those were just normal Gargoyles who talk. No, no it's, it's no. from the, it's Goliath. Well, in, in this world, the Gargoyles and Tom and Josh like, all wear diapers. No, well, again, I'm going to need you to just stop talking. So it's 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 Goliath, Hudson, Brooklyn, Lexington, and Broadway, of course. You know, the five gargoyles from the gargoyles. Everybody knows. Oh, I didn't know that and, they had names. Well, I only named Goliath. We'll meet the other ones <laughs> so later. So you knew but, of yeah. them. You just didn't know that yeah, they had names. Yeah, I thought they were just gargoyles. Yeah. Like, why would you name a gargoyle, right? Well, it's a TV a... show where no none of the characters are named. You have <laughs> to have names yeah. of characters have, so yeah, people it doesn't know who sense. you're talking about. It's one yeah, of the you easiest... Can't just, I don't have time to give this character a name. I got to keep moving. No, <laughs> you don't get to just say, hey, you over, you know, several different. Yeah, he's oh, a tall, they, the they tall need an identity. You know? He says to the other gargoyle. guy in the room, and then he says this to the woman in the room. It's like, that's, not, that's crazy. But you can actually find that story uh, on my fanfiction.net Okay, website. so is that under um, Gargoyles so or under uh, Josh Gad or what? Like, where do I find it's it? Under the, uh, it's under the Best Friend Adventure series. Okay. You so might, I, guess, I guess if someone put, if someone uploaded it to the Gargoyles, like, you might be able to find it, but no, it's, yeah, it's mine. It's my story. Right. Well, so, you know that, but you use the gargoyles and well, Josh Gad. I think, well, I, any you know, other characters show up later here's on? Here's the thing. Uh, well, no, this one's strictly gargoyles. Like as, as when, when I did uh, 21 Gad Street and when I did <laughs> Smoking Aces and Black Button Down and Black Jeans and Black Pippins and when I did Honey, I Made Them Not Big Brothers to Each Other Anymore, like uh, they're all part of the Best Friends series, but I'm like, using those other characters into mine. So it's oh. not like I'm going into their world. They're coming into my world. Oh, okay. oh so it's not like that? a multiverse. They just keep popping in to say hi, kind of. Well, I guess, like, it all takes place in my universe, and it, but yeah. those things are also now, there as well. Was but, Gad, like, they're, it's not central. Was Gad's Eleven in the Best Friend series? Or was that Gad's a separate 11, thing? No, that's the Best Friend series, yeah. Okay. So okay, pretty okay. much, I mean, like... Everything I write is the best friend series. It's a best friend adventure series, right? So that's everything, um, including this new one, which is just a snippet. It's a very small snippet, but Ooh, I'll read it for you. I'm excited. It's called The Big Brothers Justified. Josh looks nervously into the rear view mirror and sees flashing lights, blue and red. Oh, what could we have done wrong? I was going the speed limit. Well, uh, you know how I was supposed to get the tags renewed? Tom says sheepishly. Uh-huh. Josh looks over frustrated. Well, what would you say if I just, oh, I don't know, didn't do that? Well, I'd say this is all your fault, Josh yells, crumpling his gray Nike core zip in black jeans and white Nike Air Force Ones. And Tom sinks a bit into his seat, wearing black Nike Brooklyn Nets Kyrie Irving jersey and black Nike Dazzler basketball shorts in black and white and pink LeBron 18 lows. And they are big brothers and they are the man. I think we're really in trouble now. Up from the rear view, the big brothers, each the big brother of each other, saw the police officer walking up. Tall, skinny, and wearing a cowboy hat. 
He approached the driver's window. Well, howdy, boys. I'm guessing you know why I pulled you over. The tags? Tom asked. Nope. Well, I'll give it to you straight. I'm familiar with your work, and my name's Raylan Givens, and I need you to infiltrate a criminal empire. That's right. This time, I need you to be the imposters. Tom and Josh look at each other, shocked. And uh, I'm going to continue on that story. And once it's finished, I'll put it on my Is website. Is this after wow. they finished hanging out with the gargoyles or before? Well, it's a fluid timeline. So it's like each one's a standalone adventure? In a way. Like, I'm not I'm not interested in blending the stories. Like, I'm just interested in telling the uh, stories. Well, you, you and Josh me. were in Supernatural for all three of your stories. Well, uh I would say, again, that Supernatural was in Josh and I's world, not the other way around. All Interesting right. outlook. Interesting. But, but that, that's, I mean, that's what the Best Friend Adventure series is based off of. It's like Josh and I's real friendship. So, like, we are friends in real life, right? We are best friends in real life. We are each other's big brothers. Oh, um, wait. Do, love do you other. know Josh Gad in real life? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait. Seriously? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, he voiced so, Olaf, which is an incredible character. Yeah, no, he's he's awesome. He's awesome, man. Like, and do you guys uh, go on adventures for real? Yeah, well, that's what the whole thing is based on, like a true story. That's why it says, like, wait, you, you know, the best friend adventure series based Gad? on a true story. Met yeah, the me and Josh Gargoyles? Gad. Yeah, we're we're each other's big brothers. That's why my name's Tom Gad. Well, I thought it was like fan fiction. Like, well, it is. It's it's a fan fiction. Well, like I said, it's two two true stories. Two true stories. That you blend together, right? It seems more like so you fiction have the than fan fiction because, unless you're a fan of yourself, which I guess you are, but you did not I'm meet a, the gargoyles. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Josh and I's friendship and the adventures that we go on. Could you got him in your phone? Do you have his number in your phone? Yeah, 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 yeah. You could call him, or you know. Oh, it's much too late to call him. I wouldn't do that. It's like, like four o'clock. He goes to bed early. That's really um, early. He's he's uh, overseas in uh, Australia right now. Well, that so. answered all the questions I have. It seems to check out. Well, maybe we should get to another story then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can go or, you know, Dark Naruto. It's up to you. What do you want to do? Um, you know what? I'm down to hear another story. Let's hear yours, Rakish Rakan right. Tour. Let's, let's crack this tome open. <laughs> all right. This uh, story is called... Deadpool and the fun spaceship. The year? 2024. Everyone on Earth was dead. A deadly disease named war had killed everyone on Earth and made the Earth unable to live on because all that was green is now brown. Space was now the home of mankind. Because of the war there, there was a lot of cleaning up everyone had to do, but since they cleaned up most of it, all the humans that lived lived in an apartment in space, and they finally had some time to rest. There was no rest for Commander Shepard, however. He had been fighting in the Mass Effect galaxy for so long that the sight of a destroyed Earth didn't even bother him. In fact, it looked kind of cool now that the planet was brown instead of green. The problem that Commander Shepard had back on Earth was now that there weren't any good people. Was now there weren't any good people to be crew on his spaceship that he runs. It was a problem that bothered him a lot and kept him awake at night. The biggest problem that he had was that one member of his new spaceship crew was a little bit kooky. 
Shut the fuck up, Deadpool said, walking into the room, (laughs) smiling. He was always telling jokes like that. One joke that Deadpool had told once was to tell Commander Shepard to talk to the hand because the face wasn't listening. Commander Shepard hated that joke. Shepard cared about order and loyalty, and not in-your-face antics. Deadpool was also wearing an Assassin's Creed hood. Eh, what's up, Doc? Deadpool said, eating a carrot in front of Shepard. There's no eating on the spaceship, Shepard said, frowning. More like a space shit, Deadpool said, and everyone laughed, and he paused for the laughter. (laughs) No, seriously, Shep, this looks like a space shit. Fuck you! Not everything is a joke, Deadpool, Shepard said, looking at Deadpool with his big blue eyes. In my game, Shepard was a guy. You know what is a joke, Deadpool said, smiling. What if I took a big sloppy shit on the floor and rolled around in it? Oh, come on, Deadpool, Shepard said frustratingly. Stop telling your great jokes and get to work. Running a spaceship isn't all fun and games. More like a space shit, Deadpool said. And then he also said, fuck off. Deadpool, can you take this more seriously? You're going to get the crew laughing too much to do their jobs. I can handle it just fine, chimed in the ship's engineer, Ted Kaczynski. (laughs) I think Mr. Deadpool is great, said the ship's pilot, Jerry Lewis. And then Jerry Lewis slipped a bunch and fell down on the ground. And then he got up off the ground and tried to pretend like nothing happened. Then he put his hand on his face and his face slipped and hit the pilot's controls. Be that as it may, Commander Shepard said. One day, Deadpool, something is going to happen to you that is going to be bad, and it is going to make you realize that life isn't all fun and games. What if the reason I act like this is because something bad already happened to me? Maybe I'm just sick and fucked up because I'm coping with tragedy, Deadpool said. I never thought about it that way, Commander Shepard said. Can I give you a hug? No way, Deadpool said. You're being gay. Everyone on the ship laughed. A butterfly landed on Jerry Lewis's nose and he went cross-eyed. Also, he flew the ship around badly for a minute, but then he got it regular. Shut the fuck up, Deadpool said. I didn't say anything, Shepard said. And keep it that way. Eat my shorts. Hold on, Commander Shepard said. We're about to enter a battle. The battle went on for a long time. For a while, the bad guys were winning, but then Jerry Lewis shot them uh, with the guns on the ship. And also Deadpool shot at the ship from on top of the spaceship with his gun. Uh, He had a helmet on to give him air to breathe. Whoa, Commander Shepard said. That was close, but it's a good day to win a battle. Hold on, Ted Kaczynski screamed. They're coming back for another battle. The second battle was easier than the first because everyone was ready this time. Earth was fighting a lot of battles against a lot of different aliens who had come from all over the galaxy to try to finish the job of killing the humans. You'll never win, the aliens screamed over a message they sent to the spaceship. Shut the fuck up and suck my fucking cock, Deadpool screamed back and everyone (laughs) laughed. Hey, Deadpool, Jerry Lewis said. You think they'll suck my cock too? Shut the fuck up, Deadpool said again. Another rough day of fighting aliens, Commander Shepard said. Let's head back to the apartments and get some rest and relaxation. I need to get a drink. I'm going to order something gay, like a pina colada, Deadpool said, laughing. It was honestly insane how crazy Deadpool's mind was. He just thought of stuff like that constantly. 
Deadpool ran to the bar after the spaceship docked. He was acting funny and silly, and at one point he was wearing a French maid costume just because. Jerry Lewis and Ted Kaczynski were laughing really hard. At one point, Jerry slipped on a banana peel, and it made him fly into an escape pod. Deadpool saw the escape pod go by in a window in the space station, and Jerry Lewis's face was pressed against the glass in a funny way. Shut the fuck up, Deadpool said. Deadpool was at the bar. Uh, uh, Deadpool was at the bar, telling everyone to shut the fuck up. Commander Shepard came and sat down next to him. You did a good job fighting today, Shepard said to Deadpool. But I'm worried about you. You don't have to be crazy all of the time. Shut the fuck up, Deadpool said. What are you trying to do right now? Rail my ass and get me pregnant? Shut the fuck up again. No, Deadpool, I'm serious. You're always telling great jokes, telling everyone to shut the fuck up, telling people to suck your dick. It's funny, but sometimes I wish you would just relax. There's got to be someone you can talk to. Commander Shepard, the only person I need to talk to isn't a person at all. It's a bottle of whiskey, and instead of talking to it, I drink it until I'm drunk. Suck my dick, Deadpool said while doing a jacking off hand motion with his hand. Fine, whatever. I just want you to know, Deadpool, that you are a respected member of my crew and that I love you. Shut the fuck up, Deadpool said. But thanks, Shepard. Thanks for being a pussy, that is. Take it easy tonight, Deadpool. Don't get too wasted and epic again. Shepard got up and left the bar. Deadpool sat alone drinking his beer and whiskey. It was about this time that Commander Sh- or that Deadpool noticed a super hot girl in the corner batting him fuck me eyelashes. Damn, Deadpool said. Those aren't just fuck me eyelash bats. That is a fuck me and come on my dumb face type of look. Mama Mia, it's time for Deadpool to fuck, fuck, fuck. Deadpool ordered a girl's drink for the girl. It was pink or something, and he brought it over for her to drink. Usually, Deadpool began, when I meet people, I tell them to shut the fuck up. But for you, I'll restrain myself. I'm only going to tell you to suck my dick instead. The woman laughed. How do you think of such clever jokes, she said. Maybe my life is a charade. Maybe that's the only way I can live with such pain, Deadpool said. I had no idea you were so deep, Deadpool, she said. Uh, Deadpool asks, what is your name? My name isn't important, she said. What is important is that I'm the hottest girl in school. Awesome, Deadpool said. (laughs) Tell me, Deadpool, where did you get such pain? From my fucked up life? Probably the most fucked up life of all time. Basically, no one cared. No one gave a fuck, Deadpool said, screaming. He punched a hole in the wall right then, and the girl wasn't scared because deep down she knew Deadpool would never hurt her. You need to be fixed right now. I will fix you, she yelled at Deadpool. Fix me now, Deadpool yelled back. I will make you whole again, she said. Shut the fuck up, Deadpool yelled. He continued. See, that's what I do. I just push people away. I'm so fucking stupid. Deadpool yelled and punched another hole in the wall. It was fucking huge because he is so strong. You can let your guard down, Deadpool. I'm a woman, she said, and I'm here for you. Everything's so fucked up right now. I'm so fucked up in the head. Kurt Cobain was right to do what he did. He was fucking right. I have so much pain in my heart, but the only thing people want to hear is my great jokes. I'm always telling people to suck my dick and shut the fuck up. I'm always acting gay and calling people gay and being homophobic. That's all they want from me. They don't want to hear about my pain. It's all bullshit. Deadpool calms down a bit and slinks into his chair. The girl touches his arm. He doesn't pull away. 
I heard this story about a clown who goes to the doctor, and the doctor tells him to go see himself perform because he's sad. I don't get the point of the story, but it's tradition. Sometimes I listen to that story, and I realize, that doctor is me. Do you understand? I think so, she said. She was very beautiful and had many other traits, both physically and personally. Whatever, Deadpool said. It's all bullshit. No, Deadpool, it isn't bullshit. It isn't all bullshit, she said. It's it's not? No, Deadpool. I know what you're missing. I know what can help, she said. What? Love, she said. Love, Deadpool said? Yes, love. You've just never been shown it before. Deadpool, let me love you. Can I tell you something that I've never told anyone before? Deadpool asks. Of course, anything. I've no, never told anyone this before, but... Hey, don't shut the fuck up. Never shut the fuck up ever again. Deadpool leaned in to kiss the girl, and she kissed him back hard. He reached around and grabbed her butt while, she was, while he was kissing her. She was into him grabbing her butt, and she shook her butt around as he grabbed it. He grabbed the butt with both hands and kissed her, and he also took his hands off of her butt sometimes to touch her boobs. They were big boobs, and when he held them, they felt awesome. Deadpool kissed her and grabbed her butt and boobs and most of the other good parts of her. She was super hot, and Deadpool was getting horny as fuck as he grabbed her cool butt and her awesome boobs. He was about to ask her to come back to his apartment so they could fuck when he saw Jerry Lewis walk in with a worried facial expression. Deadpool, aliens are attacking and we need... Shut the fuck up, Jerry Lewis. I'm trying to score here. No, she said. Deadpool, go. This is what you're made for. Go save us all, Deadpool. But how will I find you again? Deadpool said, pleading. I'm going to wait for you in your apartment wearing cat ears and thigh highs and a thong hiked up my big butt. You're going to see my big boobs. I'm going to read anime and play video games until you get back. I'm going to fill our bed because it's our bed because I'm your girlfriend now. I'm going to fill it with stuffed animals, and they're going to watch us fuck. We're going to screw each other hard. We're going to hump like a couple of wild animals. And you know what's going to happen at the end? You're going to bust like a dog, and the room's going to stink like low tide. Wowza. What a woman, Jerry Lewis said. Shut the fuck up. That's my woman, Deadpool said. Deadpool punched Jerry Lewis in the face, and he fell to the ground looking like a pussy. Deadpool ran off to the spaceship to help Commander Shepard fight with it or whatever. As he runs off, Jerry Lewis looks at the woman. Hey, lady! Take good care of Deadpool. He's so funny, but most of all, he's a good guy. Take care of him. For me. Jerry Lewis dies on the ground. The woman looks at Deadpool running off to save the world and smiles. And also, the woman is an Asari, by the way. The end. Oh, my God. That was really good. I could have used a little more Jerry Lewis in there, but otherwise I thought yeah? it was really gripping. I wanted to put more Jerry Lewis, you know, but he's just he gets in the way of Deadpool's great jokes. Rakish. But he's such a great foil for Deadpool. Rakish has only written Deadpool stories for years, and I think that's one of his most... Evocative ones I've heard got me a bit choked up. All there. right, see so you crying a little bit. I was crying a little bit reading uh, it. I was, well, you wrote yeah. it. 
It was a beautiful story. I mean, uh, I mean, it was is nearly perfect. Yeah, uh, very let me nearly. Guess, do you have one uh, critique of it? Well, it's funny that you should ask me uh, that, Dark Naruto. I do, I do, I do, I do. Uh, I think one way you could improve the story, and this is again just a personal opinion. You know, someone who's had a lot of success uh, in this industry. I think you could have added Josh Gad. Ah, uh, here we go. And I, I don't know. It just like maybe instead of like I don't want to say instead of Jerry Lewis, but in addition to Jerry he's gonna, Lewis, you're gonna, you gonna say that Josh Gad should have played Deadpool. Next? No, 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 no. I don't I, think Deadpool's a star. I don't. Deadpool's think a star. Deadpool That's Deadpool's a star. Of the yeah, of the story. Well, what Deadpool. would you like? What would you have had Josh Gad do in that story? So. When Deadpool is with the chick at the bar, would Josh Gad just walk up and say, like, hey, man, big fan? Like, what would he do? You know what? He could, uh, we're at the bar, right? And maybe there's music playing. And then he gets up on stage and takes the mic and starts singing a song. And he's, like, kind of, you know, wildly gestating, going crazy. And everyone's kind of just laughing. Uh, But he's also singing a song, like, really well. And so everyone's also impressed. And you could sort of just, like, I guess pan the story over and then back to Deadpool and then over to Josh Gad and then back to Deadpool. If uh, I just had to like off the top of my head. Okay, like but said. like would would Josh Gad like I I don't know like is Josh Gad gonna fight the aliens or is he does he is well, he gonna yeah, get, he's on the ship he's is on the he ship. gonna get a girlfriend or no 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 you don't you like you don't need to go that deep like that's not you're you guys are overthinking this. You just need to put Josh Gad in so the story. So I just need to have like J- Josh Gad like goof around or Yeah. Somewhere in there if you had Josh Gad goofing around and kind of, you know, just being silly, I think the audience would really respond to that. Like doing like carpool karaoke with like Jerry Lewis or something. Oh, I think that's a great idea. See, you are you see? Think about that. Well, then that. they have to have a car on the spaceship, right? Well, why wouldn't they? In Mass Effect they have the car in the spaceship. The Mako all right. That is correct. It's factually correct. Actually, Thank Tom you. is right about I that. I know. Point. I know. Once again, however, just, Tom says all of his stories truth. are true. He says they're all true. And he wrote 800 pages on how him and Josh Gad commit quantum suicide and then live in Kingdom Hearts. We don't commit quantum suicide. What happens is we become heartless, but then we find our hearts again and then we move into Kingdom Hearts. You said that it begins with you guys killing yourselves. No, no. I would first of all, I would never say that because I don't. I'm not trying to get that M rating. It's only T and below for me. All right. There's no well, real well, violence. I've got a story here that's a solid T as well. If you okay. want to want to hear it. Well, I'm hoping it, it uh, it's a solid G as well. If you know Save what I mean. the rookie for last. A good story. He's a prodigy, fellas. Yeah, this is. Gad I know. Story. I know. I'm the youngest, but I feel like this is my best work right here. Might save the best for last. All right, here we go. Let's hear it. I just said that. Disclaimer. Please note that I only own my own characters. I do not own Sonic the Hedgehog or anything related to the copyrighted material. That honor belongs to Sega, its employees, and following a 1999 lawsuit to take a 25% stake of his own IP rights, Sonic the Hedgehog himself. Author's note. Sorry it took me so long to finish this story. A lot of things in life got in the way. A new Final Fantasy XIV expansion, high school, and working four hours a week at Costco. Anyway, sorry if you don't like it. Please do not read unless you are at least in seventh grade. Some of the themes in this story are mature and some bad words are used. Sonic the Detective, Season 1, A Murder Most Deadly. Can Sonic avenge a gruesome murder? Tom the Hedgehog has been found dead in Miami. (laughs) 
When it comes to pissing people off, <laughs> this hedgehog had done it all. Minotaurs, vampires, any pals, referees, guys who retain, guys who come, guys who eat, guys who want to be eaten. Basically, every freak on earth had the motive to do it, and a town like Miami knows how to keep its secrets. Sonic the Hedgehog flicked his half-smoked Wesson's brown cigarette to the ground and lit up another one. Heh, <laughs> poor bastard. It's just another day in Miami when someone ends up dead and shot. But it's just a part of my job to deal with it. Man, being a really fast hedgehog who's also a detective is really hard work, Sonic the Hedgehog uttered while puffing on his Wesson cigarette, which, by the way, is brown. Hey, Sonic, another dead bastard just washed up, huh, said the girl from Inuyasha. Yeah, they found his body in Miami Lake. I'm glad that you're my sidekick, though. I know we'll find the bastard who did this and lock him up for good. Or kill them legally on the spot with the license we inherited from our deceased friend James Bond. Do we have any clues? exclaimed the girl from Inuyasha. Yeah, just one. There's a note on the corpse that says, Ah, shiver me timbers. If the culprit ye seek, feast your eyes upon yonder mast of yonder pirate ship. What do you think it means? murmured the girl from Inuyasha. Damned if I know, but let's go take a look, exclaimed Sonic the Hedgehog while fiddling with his cigarette. They headed for the pirate ship that was out there on Miami Lake, but they couldn't figure out how to get there, so they stopped in a bar on the way there and pushed their way through the classic saloon doors. Heh, <laughs> bunch of low-life drunks in here, growled Sonic. I don't know what they think they're looking for at the bottom of that bottle, but I can tell you for damn sure that it's not an extra life, he quipped. Behind the bar was the locally known bartender, Sam Malone the Hedgehog. Hey, Sonic, remarked Sam the Hedgehog. What'll you have, the usual? Yeah, a shot of Old Crow, neat, with a double shot of information. What do you know about last night's murder, Sam the Hedgehog? Nothing, he opined while washing a dusty pint glass. Well, do you know how we can reach the pirate ship out there on Miami Lake? Before Sam the Hedgehog had a chance to respond, a bar patron sitting next to Sonic spoke up. It was Fraser the Hedgehog. I say, Sonic, might I have a word with you, bellowed Fraser the Hedgehog. I know exactly how to get to that pirate ship. My dad's dog, Eddie the Hedgehog, can take you there. He knows how to swim. Plus, my dad was on the police force, so he taught the dog how to be tough and shoot guns. Wow, Fraser the Hedgehog, that's really helpful. Is this the dog that's sitting right next to you? Okay, this will be really convenient, contended Sonic. By the way, this is the girl from Inuyasha. She's my sidekick, and she wears one of those schoolgirl uniforms. But we've got to get going. Oh, come on. Come on, Eddie the Hedgehog. Let's get going. Okay, just have him back by tonight, exclaimed Fraser the Hedgehog. I'm moving to Seattle tomorrow to start my own spinoff where I work at the radio station there. Heh, <laughs> maybe you can have me as a guest sometime, quipped Sonic, before he ran out of there really fast, with Eddie the Hedgehog and the girl from Inuyasha trailing him. The three heroes slash companions walked right to the water's edge of Miami Lake. The pirate flag of the pirate ship billowed in the distance. On it, there was a skull and crossbones. Flashback. We see Sonic the Hedgehog in a field of flowers and also cherry blossom trees there. And there's like a lens flare thing happening. Off in the distance, we see the girl from Inuyasha running her hand through her hair as the sunlight glistens on it. She's, she's beautiful. A different flashback. What's, what's your name? Me? <laughs> I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. Another flashback. Hey, do you, uh, do you think you'd ever date a hedgehog? Hee <laughs> hee. Oh, Sonic, you ask such silly questions sometimes. Present day. Eddie the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog commented. Now is your chance to shine. 
jump in the water and do your doggy paddle and we'll stand on your back. Rough, 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 contended Eddie the Hedgehog, who just to be clear is a dog. Oh no, intoned the girl from Inuyasha. I'm afraid of the water. I forgot to mention it. <laughs> said Sonic casually. Just hold on to me. I'll make sure you're safe. The three of the heroes went across the glistening water and finally got to the wooden pirate ship. They climbed aboard and Eddie the Hedgehog did the dog thing where he shakes all the water off him. Then Sonic, comically, did the same thing. Then even more comically than that, the girl from Inuyasha also did it. I was friends with the guy who was basically a dog in a different series. Or maybe he was kind of a demon too. I don't remember anymore, she explained. Just when she was explaining, a loud and commanding voice came from the elevated deck of the wooden pirate ship. Who goes there, the voice yelled. Your worst nightmare, asserted Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh yeah, said the voice confidently. What makes you so sure? I might have had other nightmares before you met me that were a lot worse. Because I'm here to kill you. You're the guy who murdered Tom the Hedgehog, aren't you? Uttered Sonic. The guy staggered for a moment. Then he came forward from the shadow that he was standing in the whole time, by the way. It turned out that the guy was Captain Jack Sparrow's nephew, Pete Sparrow. My uncle lent me this pirate ship, said Pete Sparrow, unsolicited. But anyway, I'm not actually the one who did the murder. I'm just giving the real villain a place to crash while he waits for the heat to die down. But there's nothing you can do to stop him. Where is he? Let me at the bastard, remarked Sonic. No, scoffed Pete Sparrow. He's my friend, and the guy he killed was annoying everybody and had it coming. Annoying everybody, you say? Questioned Sonic. Tell that to his best friend, Josh Gad, who will no longer have a best friend to hang out with. Sonic spit on the dirty deck of the wooden ship in anger and pulled out a spherical Wesson cigarette from his pocket and lit it with his red lighter. Bastards like you make me sick, Sonic muttered while lighting with his lighter. Just then, Sonic's black phone started ringing. Crap, he opined. I wonder who's <laughs> calling me at a time like this. This is Sonic the Hedgehog. What's up? He said while picking up. It's me, Goku, divulged Goku. I felt your power level rising, and I wanted to give you a call and warn you. This guy you're up against is bad news. He's very strong. And I'm saying this as a guy who easily defeated Superman when we fought one time. Whoa, uttered Sonic. My friends were actually debating recently whether you could beat Superman. I definitely can and did. So the next time your friends bring it up, you can let them know definitively, retorted Goku. Okay, good to know. But anyway, I think I need to kill this guy now for what he did, and I can't put it off. Sorry, but the pride of a hedgehog is too great, explained Sonic. Us Saiyans know a thing or two about pride, Goku remarked. But, well, if you have to do it, just remember, do what I would do if I was in your shoes. Of course, Sonic, I could never fill your shoes because you're way too fast. But you know what I mean. Anyway, I have to go get my driver's license now. Later, <laughs> Goku hung up his phone rapidly. Sonic stared down Pete Sparrow and took a drag of his brown cigarette, which put the smell of smoke in the air. Heh, <laughs> okay, looks like it's time to fight, Sonic suggested. If my uncle were here, he would shoot you, retorted Pete Sparrow. While he said this simple phrase, Sonic had quickly appeared behind him using his super fast speed and then punched him so hard that he went slamming into the deck. Huh. Looks like the timbers of the wooden deck are shivering, which is similar to that pirate phrase, shiver me timbers, Sonic quipped and explained. You bastard, Pete Sparrow said loudly. Just then, another figure appeared from the shadows, directly behind Sonic. Heh heh are you here to avenge the death of Tom the Hedgehog? Well, you'll never escape alive, I'm afraid, said the voice menacingly. Then he came forward from the shadows, and everyone was surprised about who it was, even Eddie the Hedgehog. 
It's you, the girl from Inuyasha pronounced. Josh Gad. That's right, explained Josh Gad. It's me, Josh Gad. But why, you might be wondering? Would, why would Tom the Hedgehog's best friend in the world kill him in red blood? Well, the answer is that I actually think he's really annoying and he's not my friend at all. And I got tired of him saying it online and tagging me on Twitter and stuff. You bastard, said Sonic, charging at him with a fury. The two exchanged furious blows on the deck of the wooden pirate ship. Fuck you, Sonic intoned. They, they kept running at each other and blocking each other's very fast punches and kicks. Sonic even did that one move where he turns into a ball and spins, but it was to no avail. The fight was completely even. Then Sonic remembered what his friend Goku told him. He said, do what I would do, or something along those lines. Sonic realized that Goku would go Super Saiyan, which is basically the same thing as when Sonic turns into the Golden Hedgehog. Ha, I'll admit you're pretty tough, but you're not ready for this, Sonic said proudly and confidently. Ha! All the air around Sonic started going crazy, and the sky had furious lightning in it. All his fur turned golden, and even his cigarette changed to be golden. Ha! Bet you think that's pretty clever, observed Josh Gad. But wait till you get a load of this. It will be my finest role yet, because I'm an actor. Josh Gad started powering up and yelling a lot, and then furious lightning and wind was all around him, and he turned into a Super Saiyan. This is my ultimate form. You won't be leaving this pirate ship that Pete Sparrow's uncle has so generously lent to me for the summer, Super Saiyan Josh Gad explained. You keep talking about this guy who lent you the boat. Well, that's in the past now. Why don't you just let the past die, you bastard, said Sonic passionately. Then Sonic lunged at Josh Gad, and the two of them hurtled into the air and started to punch and kick even faster than before. Their power was making the waves of Lake Miami ripple a lot, and all the floating boats were shaking in the blue lake. Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat were on an adjacent boat, and they remarked about how it was rocking too much, and they wished that the action would stop so they could enjoy hanging out together. Then Sonic jabbed Josh Gad in the face with his elbow, and Josh Gad shot an energy beam at Sonic and hit him in the shoulder. Then Sonic got an idea. Heh, he vowed, maybe I should shoot an energy beam of my own, too. Sonic went even higher up into the air and pointed both his hands at Super Saiyan Josh Gad. This is a technique that my friend Goku's friend Vegeta taught me. Here we go. Then he shot a big energy beam at Josh Gad, evaporating him instantly. Ah, fuck you, said the actor as he died. Then something happened that Sonic did not expect. The energy beam shot a huge hole in the boat and it started to sink. Uncle Jack is going to kill me, expressed Pete Sparrow. I wish I could enjoy a leisurely boat ride, divulged Kyle Lowry. Sonic, I'm in trouble, said the girl from Inuyasha worriedly as she was sinking into the ocean. Remember how I don't like the water? Okay, I'll save you, said the golden hedgehog who was glistening. Sonic swooped down and picked up the girl from Inuyasha and flew her back to the dock. Thank you so much for saving me, Sonic, she remarked nicely. But, but Eddie the Hedgehog, he, he didn't make it. No, look there, Sonic said excitedly. He's there on the dock waiting for us safe and sound. Ruff, 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 explained Eddie the Hedgehog. <laughs> Fraser the Hedgehog came out from the bar and was really happy that his dog was okay. He said goodbye to Sonic and said he could visit him anytime in Seattle. Now Sonic and the girl from Inuyasha were alone on the dock. Sonic, you, you were so powerful back there. I can't believe you saved me, she said shyly. Well, it's all in a day's work for me, said Sonic, while sheepishly running his hand through his hedgehog hair. As the sunset began to set, and everything looked as golden as Sonic when he was fighting his evil enemy earlier, 
The girl from Inuyasha leaned in with her pink lips and gave Sonic a kiss on his hedgehog lips. Sonic Senpai, she said meekly, I have always been in love with you ever since we met in the flower field. Me too, he said honestly, as they embraced each other in the sunset on the dock of Miami Lake. I am embarrassed to say, she said embarrassedly, that I am still a virgin, she said. The end. <laughs> I really like that. I really like that ending. Yeah, I wonder if Tom has any critiques of that one. I, I can't imagine he would. I I liked it. I liked parts of it. What I think you're new to this and you're young, so you're gonna learn. But again, it's supposed to be he based turned, off. He's of, turning bright red when he was listening to him read it's that. It's supposed to be based off true stories. Well, this Correct? is a true story in my universe that it takes place well, in. Well, so is, is we, Tom com- the we combine true stories. And so by saying that Josh Gad would be upset with anyone who tags him a bunch on Twitter and told him to wish him happy birthday and tries to talk to him every single day, maybe retweets him all the time. I don't think Josh Gad would be annoyed by that. Well, Tom the Hedgehog is a very different character than you, Tom. It's a coincidence. That's that's an OC. Is that your OC? Yeah, I do own the uh, copyright to that character. Yes. Oh, nice. Nice. No, that's a great character. It's going places. But I don't think Josh Gad would ever do that. Josh oh, Gad would I could see anyone. it. I could see as, it. As we've seen in the Best Friends adventure series, Josh Gad would never take well, a life. Well, that's not real also. That you know, is actually well, real. it's on that's, a fan fiction website. It's not on... It's based off a true story. It's based off you're a not true writing story. that on auto. It's, too, not making it's the, true You're stories. missing the point of fan fiction. You're missing fiction. the point My, that Josh no, Gad When did you and Josh Gad... It's inconsistent Maybe you should write on audio autobiography. And that's it. Okay, you know what? I'm sorry of it it's inconsistent it doesn't make sense there's no basis for it in any any reality that josh gadget exists in so well did you, you just, like when josh Gad went sense. super saiyan i thought that was pretty cool of him that was really cool was and josh really Gad cool. has done that i don't have problems with that i don't have problems with a lot of that like him shooting laser beams pretty cool i like that he would never take a life with them but I'm, so i guess but this was a hedgehog life it, but, it wasn't a human life and this hedgehog yes. was annoying and widely and, disliked and Josh Gad was probably best friends with that hedgehog and wouldn't kill him. What, wait, how can you? That's his OC. How are you telling him what his OC does? Because that's Josh Gad. It's not Josh Gad's not. You his don't OC. own Josh Gad. You I, know? Josh Gad is is my OC. I don't but even Tom the think hedgehog you is know. so annoying. I don't even think you've Josh ever Gad met Josh Gad. Things. We've already established we're best friends. We're each other's big brothers. It's all it's all canon in the Best Friend Adventure series. It's all canon. It's fine. It's all good. We don't need to go into who knows what and who has whose phone. You number. and Josh never hung out with Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You never dated the girl from the Road to El Dorado. I'm going, well, I'm not interested. Happened. I'm not interested in dating. If you read the end of the story, because we've got adventures to go on. It's not important. I don't need to date. I'm too busy. Well, and the one Josh Gad story you have is that you said that when you were both freshmen in college that you mm. dated the rabbit from Zootopia. Well, yeah, like initially. Now, was when we that were in college, true? When we were roommates in college in our dorm room. Okay, call her. Call her. Do you have her number still? No, of course. I'm not calling right. an ex. Do you have Ed, 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 and Eddie on, uh, Ed, Ed and Eddie's number? No, why would I have their number? Because you said you met them and you were great friends with yeah. them on the stories. And yeah, but then did you read the second story? Where yeah, you went to Mars. You went they to Mars. Up a, they hash up a scheme to get a quarter for a jawbreaker and it all went to hell and then we separated and we stopped being friends? 
Did I you did, read that one? No, I did not read that one. Yeah. Because you've written like fucking 200 stories about Josh Gad. I've written way more than 200 <laughs> stories about Josh Gad. <laughs> so it's in the thousands. I thought I was going to impress Tom with my story, and I'm just kind of heartbroken that he was offended by it somehow. When I, I finally did what he always wanted someone to do. Yeah, I'm not sure not why happy. he was offended by I Well, I told you, you know exactly why I was offended by it. It was inconsistent with the character of Josh. Yeah, Gadd. but That's why it. are you Simple taking it like Simple personally? As. If it's if it you're you're making a writing critique, but you're like red, your fists are clenched, your knuckles are white. You, you, I'm upset. You're. I, am I not allowed to be upset? You're not closing am your I not, mouth. You refuse. Do to I close not your have mouth. that right? You're do I not have that right here? I would spit on you too, but it's. That's inappropriate, and so I yeah, wouldn't. Well, do that. you know, it, it, it's it, maybe we're veering into being a little bit inappropriate here. After all, the whole reason we wanted to do this is we said we were all interested in collaborating with each yeah. other. Yeah, maybe um, we can get over this rift by brainstorming something we could work on. You know, you know, mm-hmm. it, I thought it'd be fun if we all like write a story together. So you know, maybe let's think of you know what kind of what kind of people do we want in it? You know. Uh, I've really Samurai been interested. Jack. Ooh, I've really been interested like in the the Samurai universe Champlain. of Coach Carter. Oh, Coach Carter! Yeah, oh, Coach Carter. Uh, There's a lot of good Coach- world building in Coach Carter. Yeah, I was thinking and, uh, of uh, you know maybe Serious Sam should show up. Okay. I was well, thinking- see, there's a team, right? Coach Carter, Coach Carter Two. Okay. The sequel. So he's the coach, and he's got to build up this team to compete in the high school playoffs. And but who's then the team? The rival, Serious Sam? The rival coach. Mighty Mouse? Uh, oh, yeah. The rival coach uses the Death Note to kill him before Ooh. the big uh, They have to play coach this Carter. game because if they don't, they'll all die because they're in Far Cry. At, at Small Forward, uh, Zach Braff from Garden State, his character from there. Was his character then, named uh, Zach Braff in Garden State? Yeah, it was. Okay. And then uh, Josh Gad and Tom Gad. That rounds out a five. Well, That's maybe a like we spy can just. Kids. I think the spy kids could be there. Lineup. Not Tom. I'm okay. And Tom I'm okay Josh with Josh Gad, Gad but Tom Gad and maybe. the spy kids. Well, you know what? I don't think Josh Gad is going to do it without his big brother. All right. Well, we'll 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 put a we'll put a maybe on that and just kind of move on for now. Is that okay with everybody? It's okay with me. Well, why don't we each just say which series we would like to see included? Okay. okay. I'm talking about. Everything from Supernatural you know, to Doctor Who to Sherlock. Are we limiting to TV shows? Almost famous. Tribe Angry. We're going to have the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls. Teaming up with the Ghostbusters. I was thinking of having the Ghosts from Undertale. It would be cool if you have a Dragon Age Inquisition or something. And then you would have the obvious few inserts of like Sora, Urban Cloud. And maybe have Jonah Bridger and Jewel. I wanted to have... Our, our Mary Cobb the Cop from Heavy Rain.